Tonight's reading is Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. Hebrews 9, 27, 28. And as is is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. It's really an important question. How should one live in view of the second coming? How should one live in view of the fact that Jesus is coming back to claim his own as we sing? It's probably some of the best advice that I've ever been given. I want to share it with you at this time. A friend told me years ago, live as though Jesus died for you yesterday, rose for you today, and is coming back tomorrow. Think about that. Because it puts things into perspective, maybe that we often don't keep in perspective. Live as though Jesus died for you yesterday, rose for you today, and is coming back tomorrow. A person who did just those things would keep those three major events in history in proper perspective. The death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus we would not be guilty of being negligent about them. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Hebrews 2, verses 3 and 4. We wouldn't be forgetful concerning what God has done on our behalf. Live as though He died for you yesterday, rose for you today, and is coming back tomorrow. Think of the things we would say and do before tomorrow came if we lived as though he were coming back tomorrow. If you listen to David in our scripture reading, he read from Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, where it is said that Jesus will come the second time apart from sin with salvation. In Acts 1, verses 9 through 11, as Jesus was ascending to glory, the apostles said, when are you coming back? And the angels said to the apostles, why are you looking like this? Don't you know that Jesus will come back in like manner as you see him leaving, just as he ascended to glory? He will descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of the archangel, the trump of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. 
Then I think of the Lord's own words. Tim referred to them in the Lord's Supper meditation in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled to believe in God. Believe also in, in me, Jesus said. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Tonight's lesson is pretty simple. Seven helps for living our lives in view of Christ's return. Seven helps for living in view of the second coming. And do keep in mind what I said at the beginning, that piece of advice that I received that I shared with you. Live as though he died for you yesterday. Who couldn't help but be moved by that? Transformed. Live as though he rose for you today. And it's only fitting that on the Lord's day I would be mentioning that. The day of his resurrection. Live as though he's coming tomorrow. Here's the first piece of instruction that I would give you. And really it's from the Lord himself. Open your Bibles to the 24th chapter of Matthew. Be alert and be ready. If you and I would live in view of the Lord's second coming, be alert and be ready. Look at Matthew chapter 24 and consider verses 42 through 44. Matthew 24, 42 through 44. In Matthew 24, Jesus has addressed a couple of questions. One concerned the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem. And really that takes us up to about verses 34 and 35. And then he speaks of the second coming beginning in verse 36. So it's obvious then that in Matthew chapter 24, 42 through 44, we're talking about the second coming. And Jesus says to be alert and to be ready in this section. Because the Son of Man may well return in an hour that one thinks not. Think about that. It's so easy for us to go on and live our lives. My friend Alan and I have a birthday in a few days, and it's easy to be thinking about the fact we've got a birthday. That day may well come, but it's possible the Lord will come, and what a celebration that will be, should he. The idea of readiness and being alert. Keep looking at the passage because what the Lord goes on to do is talk about how a servant is blessed and is faithful and wise who is so prepared and so ready that when the Lord comes, they're able to put the food on the table at an unexpected time. Look at Matthew 25. 
And Matthew 25, ladies and gentlemen, begins with the story of the virgins. Five wise, five foolish, remember? And how they were foolish because they failed to have their lamps ready for when the bridegroom might come. Whereas the wise virgins were prepared and alert and ready. When the Lord returns, will he find faith? Luke 18, verse 8. Secondly, stay right there in Matthew 25. Because if the first piece of biblical counsel on how to live in view of the second coming... I just shared with you from Jesus. Here's another one. Be willing to use his gifts in serving him. Be willing to use the gifts that he's given in serving. Look at Matthew 25. Consider verses 14 and following. Matthew 25, 14 and following. The idea of the talents. One man with five, another with two, one with one. Talents, money given, if you will, by the master, by the Lord, for them to use and to invest because the master, the Lord, would return. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, If one would be a steward, they must first be faithful. In Luke 16, verses 10 through 13, the Word of God talks about he that is faithful in little is faithful in much. And it's an interesting sideline to think. We often think about our use of money, and well, we should as Christians. But do we also think about our use of time in the kingdom? Our stewardship of that. Do we think of the stewardship of our abilities? And Waylon prayed earlier, bringing every thought into subjection to Jesus. How about every talent and ability and good thing that he's given us? may that be brought into his subjection to, under his will. Third, look again at Matthew 25. In view of the second coming, and this is a lesson to think about, we know he's coming back. We don't have to know when, and Scripture doesn't tell us. In Mark 13, 31 through 33, Jesus, when he walked the face of the earth, this was one of the things he claimed not to know while here on earth. And it's amazing some people make guesses in an area where the Lord himself said, I don't know when he was walking this earth. But look at Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Be kind and benevolent to those who are in need. Be kind and benevolent to those who are in need. It's hard to pass a four-way stop in most major thoroughfares 
in Midland or Lights and not see someone there saying, I need help. I struggle with that sometimes, and I know that you do too. Because I want to be kind and benevolent to those that are in need, and yet at the same time I recognize some people are just out to make money off of well-intentioned people. But listen to the Lord's words in Matthew 25, 31-46 at the judgment. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you cared for me. And Jesus says, Inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Inasmuch as you did it not to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. As I've grown older and hopefully wiser in some ways, one of the things I often pray is, Lord, help me to be better alert to opportunities to be kind and benevolent to people you want to have helped. I believe those prayers would benefit all of us, don't you? Because then we might be wiser and more ready to help those that are truly in need. Again, Go in your Bibles to James chapter 5 and now look at verse 7. James 5 and verse 7. In view of the second coming. Be patient and faithful. In view of the second coming, be patient and be faithful. And you've got here the example in the book of James, of a farmer. How appropriate. Is there anyone that has to be more patient than a farmer? You have to do everything that you can, and yet you're still at the mercy of the good Lord. So are we. Patient. I think I said last Sunday that if it weren't for people and circumstances, I'd have no problems with patience. Maybe you can relate to that. But a farmer is patient, waiting for the harvest, doing everything that he can as a human being, and yet still relying on the grace and mercy of God. How much better off we would be if we had more of that spirit in Christianity. We seek to be people that are patient with our circumstances and with other people. 
And yet we freely acknowledge that we simply need God's grace and mercy every step of the journey, Steve. We really do. That would help us live in view of the second coming. Open your Bibles now to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. In 2 Peter chapter 3, notice especially verses 11 and 12. 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. What manner of persons ought you to be in all manner of godliness and holy conduct? Be godly and seek to be holy in view of the second coming. To see Jesus was to see God, the Father, what He's like. John 14, verses 8 and 9. To see a Christian should be to see Jesus and what Jesus is like. Our reflection of Him. Christ living in us. Colossians 1, 27. Galatians 2, 20. The idea of godliness then means that we act in a way that shows love and respect and a relationship with God. And the idea of holiness carries with it a two-part concept, a separation from what is unholy and a dedication to what is. Be godly and holy. One more. Be loving. If you want to live in view of the second coming, be loving. Love the Lord, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40. And think about the second part of the great command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your spouse, Ephesians 5. 25 through 33. Love your family. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. Here's a good one. Love your enemies. Matthew 5, 44 through 48. Boy, that's a struggle for me. I don't know if it is for you. But in view of the second coming, I want to be loving. And Jesus taught to love our enemies. Love the Word, Psalm 119 and verse 97. Love the church, Jesus did. He purchased it, Acts 20, 28. Love His coming. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. The Lord will give to me and not to me only, but to all that have loved his coming, the crown. I'll take a moment. Open your Bibles to Titus 2, verse 13. Titus 2 and verse 13. The passage speaks of the second coming in such a marvelous way. Looking for the blessed hope 
and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, looking for the blessed hope. You think there's anticipation there? You think there's expectation? If we go back to the beginning of our study, to live our lives as though He died for us yesterday, rose for us today, and is coming back for His people tomorrow, wouldn't it be great if the Lord came back tomorrow? So many things we worry about and are concerned about. You parents that are worried about the future for your kids, if the Lord came tomorrow, wouldn't that be great? Those who are battling health issues, if the Lord came back tomorrow and Christians could be with Him forever, wouldn't that be great? And a lot of the things that we worry about and weigh us down would sing such light and trivial things. Because he died for us, rose for us, and has come for us. Now, Jesus came for you and died for you. Jesus rose for you so you could be right with him. But you need to experience a death and you need to experience a resurrection spiritually. And that takes place by responding to Jesus in faith and repentance and baptism. At that time, one has their sins washed away by the blood of Jesus and is added to the body of Christ, the church. I think more than anything... I appreciate the man that told me, live as though he died for you yesterday, rose for you today, and is coming tomorrow. Because it helps me keep things in better perspective. And I hope this lesson will help you do that too. Let's stand and sing.